All right, welcome to the weekend. I am Pia Muhlenbeck. I'm here with Kane. Good evening. And this is Wine Time, the show where we crack open a bottle of bubbly and suggest you do the same. Not if you are driving. If you are driving, make sure you get home first and then crack open the bottle. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for anything in that department. <laughs> and join us as we chat through the week that was. So this week we have uh, pushed the boat out a little bit. We don't have a sparkling. We have a rosé. Yes. It's a 2018. It's called... Hang on, I'm going to mute this music because... You need to pronounce this. Trust me. <laughs> it is Demain Tempier. French. Well done. I think that was good. Yeah. The the people serving us in our local uh, bottle shop, I think they were all like native French speakers. Well, they've just changed ownership. So I don't recognize anyone in there. But when I said, is this a good one? He's like, oh, yes. This is very good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, great, we'll take it. It's beautiful. It's very fresh. It's a super hot day today. So this chilled is really nice and light and kind of like, yeah, really beautiful. I'm surprised we're able to drink alcohol today after yesterday's antics. Yeah. Pia turned 30 and what was meant to be a nice, quiet vegan dinner <laughs> turned into a surprise party that ended up with uh, tequila at midnight. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Ugh. I was definitely not going to drink any wine today, but now it's like late enough. And I thought, you know what? It'll help the podcast. Let's been, do it. I've been so unproductive today. Yeah. Just slow. Yeah. It's amazing how alcohol can just kind of slow you down a little bit. Not much. I'm still fine. Like, I'm not, I don't have a hangover at all, but yeah. I'm slow. And it wasn't even a huge night. It's no. just, you know, any tequila shot at around midnight <laughs> is going to slow you down a little bit. I'm pretty proud of us for still going to the gym today, though. That was a fairly good effort. Well, it wasn't for me. I kind of got on the treadmill and then I <laughs> set it to minimum walking speed <laughs> Did you? and then browsed Reddit. That was my whole 45 minutes. Okay, it's the thought that counts, yeah, I guess. I definitely did not lose any any, any weight today. <laughs> yeah. um, also, did you know, I don't think I've told you this, Pia, maybe mm. I have. If you look on Apple Podcasts, the app. Yes. And you click on comedy. Yes. And within comedy, there is a sub-genre called comedy interviews. Oh. We are on the front page. Really? Yep. Oh, get out. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't know how we're in the comedy section. <laughs> no. That's pretty brilliant. <laughs> well, yeah, it's pretty good. Guys, thank you so much. I guess me threatening you with uh, punches is actually helping us all get five-star ratings. It's so really good. working. Yeah, we actually have had more people come up to us saying, hey, I rated you guys five stars. Can I get a hug? So for those of you that don't know, if you rate this podcast five stars, you get a hug. If you rate this podcast four stars, you get a handshake. Three stars will get you a high five. Yep. And two stars will get you a punch in the face. And we don't want to talk about one star. It doesn't exist. <laughs> um, yeah, no, seriously, I really do appreciate it. I want to say thank you on behalf of both me and Pia. We're brand new. This is a brand new platform for us. It's not like we're, you know, the whole of Instagram or the whole of YouTube has come over to this thing. This is brand new. So mm. thanks so much for the ratings and the nice reviews. Yeah, it's really exciting. Honestly, we're, we're stoked to be doing this. And it feels really natural for us to be on this kind of platform. I like love it. To, it's so nice. It's like we just get to have a, like, chit-chat like we would normally. Pia loves anything thing when she's got a glass of wine in her hand. <laughs> yeah, I've just curated my job to be like <laughs> leisure time. <laughs> so, okay, i got to put a disclaimer on this Apple podcast thing. Mm. I don't know if the reason we are on the homepage of the Apple podcast app is because I've Googled myself so much. Oh. 
I don't know. I haven't chased them. Do you think it's just serving it to you? Like you might be interested yeah, in this. <laughs> I feel like it's like the whole Amazon. If you like this, you might like this. I'm <laughs> if not you sure. like yourself, you might like yourself. Well, I've just been like, it took me ages to get this podcast into the into the system of all these podcast platforms. Mm. So I literally have been typing our names into the search engines thousands of times over the last few weeks just to make sure it's working. Yeah. So I'm not sure if Apple just thinks, wow, this guy really likes Pierre Mullenbeck. Let's just make sure he sees everything she does. Yeah, maybe. So maybe you guys can tell us. I, I don't know. Maybe we're not on the homepage, but... I think we are. I think we are. It looks great to us. <laughs> I'm going to own it and tell everyone we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so other than me turning 30 and our podcast hitting the uh, charts in the comedy section... <laughs> our, on our own Max. <laughs> yeah. What else has been happening in the world of the internet well, this week? Quite a lot, actually. I've got a fair few things to talk through. First mm. one being Apple TV Plus. Yes. I don't know um, if anybody knows what this is, but Apple have this little box called the Apple TV. You just plug it into your telly and it kind of connects you to Netflix and YouTube and all this sort of stuff. And I think that they've just seen that people like Netflix and Hulu and Stan and all these kind of providers are making a stack of cash. Mm. So they've gone and put loads of money into making their own Apple original productions. Yeah. And, and it launched on like last week. They're genuinely brilliant. They launched with a show that has Jennifer Aniston, mm. Reese Witherspoon, mm. Steve Carell. What's it called again? Morning Wars. Well, in Australia, it's called Morning Wars because we have a show over here called Morning Show. But for the rest of the world, it's called The Morning Show. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Australians, we just wouldn't get it if there's two shows called The Morning Show. So they had to change it over here. We wanted to see what it was all about. And we watched the first couple of episodes and I'm hooked. I think it's really great. And I mean, what a splash to launch with, right? Like that cast is just insane. I think they might be serious contenders for the likes of Netflix and Stan and all that. I agree. Reese Witherspoon is actually my favourite. She's my standout character. Yeah. I, I'm actually probably, out of all three, I'm the biggest Steve Carell fan because I love The Office. Yeah. I know you love Jennifer Aniston because she's I just love great. her. Yeah. But in terms of acting, I think Reese Witherspoon has knocked it out of the park. She's great. She is fantastic. She, that meltdown she has in episode one, I, I watched it like three times. It was brilliant. Yeah. So if you guys need something to watch, jump onto, what's it called? Apple TV Plus? Yeah. It's like 10 bucks a month or seven bucks a month. But I have an issue with it. What? Well, I don't know if anyone in, in other countries what it's called, but in Australia, it's called Foxtel, right? It's a mm. box you put next to your TV. Back in the day, you connected to the satellite. Now you can connect it to the wall and you get like 150 channels of yeah. movies and sports, all the premium sports, premium movies, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Pay-per-view all comes with this Foxtel thing. But for the best package, it costs 120, 130 bucks a month. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. So expensive. And I get it. If you've got a family... During the day, the kids can watch kind of Nickelodeon on demand. And if you are a sports fan, you can watch the boxing pay-per-view in the evenings. Mm. But it was always expensive. And then when Netflix came around and it was like 15 bucks a month and it had nearly everything. Brilliant. I was like, this is great. Yeah. I'm making a huge saving and getting some great content. Mm. But now you've got Disney Plus, you've got Hulu, you've got Apple TV Plus now. They're all splitting out. And every one of them wants 10 to 15 So do you bucks. have to have a separate subscription for each one of these? Yeah. Oh. And I checked and we are now paying $65 a month for all the subscriptions that I have. So we've got YouTube Premium, we've got Netflix, we've got Stan, we've now got Apple TV. I think we have Hulu. Yeah, right. Um, it all adds up. Yeah. And we're heading back towards that 130 bucks. I'd rather have the Foxtel box again. It was easier. But wasn't Foxtel like you couldn't watch it on demand? Well, now you can. So like, oh, right. what are we doing? We're all just kind of having to pay all these different providers different amounts of money. And it's annoying. The consumer actually suffers yeah. because 
um, Disney Plus launches soon, and they're launching with Avengers Endgame as one of their kind of standout titles to to lure people in. Yeah. But that means I'm not going to be able to watch Avengers Endgame on kind of Apple movies or Netflix or anything like that. So if I want, if I'm a big Marvel fan or a big Star Wars fan, which I am, I now have to pay for another subscription. So it's cool from a business perspective, I get it. Yeah, especially for Apple because Apple already have the little Apple TV box. Mm. So you you buy that and you use their, you know, little product, but then you actually don't pay them a subscription. That's you pay right. the subscriptions to everybody else. In so the, I think they kind of thought we've got the like we've got the user base here, but we're not benefiting from it. In the grand scheme of things, Apple had actually Apple was actually benefiting the least. Yeah. Because they weren't making a monthly subscription. Mm. So I get why they're doing it. And honestly, their kind of launch range of shows is fantastic. But as a consumer, it's a touch annoying. Yeah, agreed. So speaking of TV shows, have you been following what's going on with Laurie Lachlan? I L- want to say Lachlan, but I'm not sure. Isn't it Loglan? Loglan? I don't know. Loughlin? Loughlin? Not it's sure. something. <laughs> the, the, the chick out of Fuller House, or I think. Yeah, she used to play the mum on Full House and Fuller House. She's Olivia Jade's mother. I know, I know Olivia Jade, the Instagrammer. Yes. So she's the mother of. Yeah, I think she's probably more well known in her own right as the mother on Full House. Right, but, okay. So she, okay, we haven't discussed this. It's not really news of the week, but we haven't discussed it on the podcast. And it's kind of been something that's been ongoing for a while. Well, it's ramping up right now. So it's I think really, now's a good time. Yeah, it's really ramping up at the moment. Essentially, if you don't know what's happened, Laurie Lachlan, I'm going to say Lachlan because I think that might be correct, bribed the University of Southern California. Allegedly. Allegedly. We've got Sorry. to make sure we say that oh, a yeah. lot. Allegedly bribed the University of Southern California with $500,000 to say that her two daughters were coming into university on a rowing scholarship. Yeah, but it gets worse because they set their photos up. Like, I don't like know if, Photoshop. Them. I'm not sure if it's Photoshopped or if they just went and stood next to a boat, but they are now in trouble. Right. The kids might have to testify against the parents yeah. because of that. So she's currently she's currently charged with fraud, bribery, and money laundering. Another kind of weird, weird situation. Let's say we needed to get a lawyer to defend ourselves in this situation. Mm. You can't have the same lawyer, even though we're one family unit with two separate people. And what I say might incriminate you and vice versa. So we would actually need two separate lawyers. Right. Somehow they've managed to convince the court to have one lawyer. To represent them both. To represent them both. It just means that if he is trying to convince her to go one, sway one way or the other, it could be to let get him off the hook, maybe. Right. Mm. But it's interesting because Felicity Huffman pleaded guilty, you know, the, the chick from Desperate Housewives yeah, and many other good TV shows. Wasn't her fee that she paid, I she, guess? It's 15 grand. 15 grand. And so she pleaded guilty? Yeah, and she got two weeks. Two weeks in prison. But because she pled guilty and I think, you know, kind of what she did wasn't, I don't know the ins and outs, but it wasn't quite as bad. It was a far smaller case. If this lorry girl gets convicted, it's up to 50 years. That is serious. That's insane because you've got to think, she wasn't doing this for any other reason other than to help her kids. She must have looked at a kid and thought, I'm an actor. I've been an actor my whole life in Hollywood. I know there's ups and downs. So she must have thought, well, let's give my kids the best chance at having a sustainable life. By getting a financially degree sustainable under their belt. Life. Yeah, so they've got a degree. So let's say she wants to pursue acting and it just falls flat. She could become a lawyer or an accountant or something less glamorous, but su- sustaining herself. But didn't Olivia Jade not want to go to college in the first place? <laughs> I'm pretty certain I've seen a David Dobrik vlog where she's like, 
kind of alluding to that, yeah. I don't think they wanted to go to college. And I feel like if your parent is kind of forcing you to go to college, but you don't want to be there to learn, it's completely redundant. You can't really, you know, after high school and all that, I think in order for a kid to make the most out of an education, they actually need to want to be there. Oh, 100%. And if if they put in so little effort that they couldn't get into a college on their own grades and she had to literally bribe a university to let them in. Like, what does she think is going to happen at the end of that? (sighs) Look, I get it. It's inverted commas, bad parenting, Mm. but it's also very loving. So you've got to look at it with compassion because she spent $500,000 of her own money to try and give her kid a better life. That's the bottom line. The fact that she committed mail fraud at the same time is all, and a felony is kind of and a bribery. Si- yeah, but it's, it's like a sideline to the actual core fact that she was trying to give her kid a better life. So I get it, but also dumb move. I guess you do want to do what's best for your kid at all times, but yeah. you can't just break the law like that. No, nice. and so think about all the people that, or I guess the two people that would have missed out on that place that actually deserved it and earned it. I think that's the bigger issue. There that's are, a huge are, issue. Like there are kids that genuinely probably had a scholarship that had intelligence that wanted to pursue something at that uni and they couldn't. They had to choose their second choice uni or their third choice uni mm. because someone else took their spot. Yeah. That's the issue. But I want to see how this unfolds because I'm interested to see whether the court kind of makes an example out of her here. Uh, you know what? It seems uh, like if, a big punishment like 50 years in prison i mean that's till she dies at the, at the age she's at right now yeah i mean i doubt it'll get I that sort of i cannot imagine a judge would convict no. someone to basically death in prison because they wanted their kid to have a better life that seems really weird um however it is hollywood and Hol- anything can happen in hollywood so i actually suspect that she'll get off with a slap in her wrist because rich people in hollywood seem to have all the power in the world and don't really have to ever kind of stand up for the crime. So we'll see. I don't know. But it's very interesting. But that's what I think might be made an example of. I think people are like wanting celebrities to be accountable for their actions these days. And so they're using celebrities now to show, no, 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 everybody's treated the same in the eyes of the law. All right, let's say we have a kid. Mm. Turns out to be a grade A moron. Right. <laughs> what would you <laughs> I mean it's possible right it's going to be sharing half of my genes not our child darling <laughs> how far would you go to go in above and beyond to try and get our kid the education that it needed to kind of better its life I would try and find something that the kid is actually interested in and passionate about and try and you know groom them into figuring how to turn that into a career and what if that's Instagramming <laughs> Because that's what the chick, the Olivia Jade is doing right now. She's an Instagrammer. Hey, it's not the worst. I quit a law degree <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah, probably a bad example. Okay, I get it. Your point, your point is valid. Um, also, Tesla are releasing a truck. It's called Cybertruck. Is it literally called Cybertruck? Yeah. Because you've got the Model S, the Model 3, and the Model X. Yeah. Kane uh, wants to get it. And you've got the Model Y coming out, which is like a kind of a in-between version. So it spells out sexy. I love that. Uh, I mean, it's just so childish. It's brilliant. <laughs> but the next one's called Cybertruck. It comes out on the 20th, or it's announced on the 21st. And apparently it's big enough to carry a car on the back of it. Because it's a pickup. It's like a ute. Yeah. Um, How can it be that big? How can that be like road legal? Well, at the, at the conference, street legal. Elon Musk said... This shouldn't be street legal, but surprisingly it is. So I reckon he's just maxed out the sizes. He's looked at the government documents of like, how big can a car be? Yeah. And he's gone up to like one three, centimetre. One millimetre. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so it's giant. So I think we should probably put our name down for that as well. We are not getting a truck. There is no way. <laughs> Kane can barely get up and down the ramp to get into our car park in the Model X. Because yeah. that in itself is huge. I can't even imagine how big this truck is. Well, that car's five and a half metres long. So I can't imagine... What, what size the truck will be. Yeah, it looks cool though. I've seen it. Well, you can't have seen it yet. Is it not the one we watched on that video? Oh, uh, you saw some kind of pre-release potential speculative sketches. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, nobody knows what exactly what it's going to look like. Oh, I thought I like fully saw the whole thing. No, no, no. That's why everyone's so excited. It's like the best kept secret. Right, okay. When so, does that come out? November the, 21st? Yeah, not long. A couple of weeks. Cool. Is, is that, actually, that like self-driving? Is that the one where there's like oh, one seat in the middle? Don't talk to me about the whole self-driving thing. Why? I'm just angry. We, we, I don't know if we mentioned this on the podcast yet. We spent eight and a half grand paying for this kind of Tesla autopilot thing. Oh, I mentioned it on the vlog. Eight and a half grand it cost. Yeah. And then um, we found out that Australian legislation doesn't allow it, it despite Tesla happily taking our money. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it made zero difference. It literally now can park itself badly. So you just gave Elon Musk eight and a half grand. Yeah. Like I kind he needs of, it. I am very angry at this, but also I do feel that that's my little contribution towards the, the betterment of automotive transport. So I'm not that angry, <laughs> but I'm also not wealthy enough to not miss the eight and a half grand. So I'm kind of semi-bitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is actually a big deal, this whole Tesla thing, because in the Netherlands, I think it was Netherlands, mm. their petrol sales, are, petrol car sales are down 47%. That's amazing. And Model 3 is now like the number one selling car in so many countries because it's the cheap version of the, of the Tesla. Mm. And everyone's just buying. I saw so many today in Sydney. Did you tell me that India has really adopted electric vehicles? Because well. <laughs> all I'm seeing on the news is that India is just in extreme pollution to the point where schools are being closed, kids are being handed out masks, planes are like grounded and not flying because nobody can see through the pollution. So I've seen a few videos mm. where these Indian startups are crea have created firstly self-balancing scooters and also scooters like mopeds, which are battery powered. Right. And they're taking off like crazy. Mm -hmm. But this whole pollution thing in, that I've seen in, I think it was in New Delhi. Man, that's insane. Well, it's, it's actually come from a few different sources. Basically, right. every year this time of year, Delhi deals with extreme pollution. And it's because there are farmers in nearby regions that are crop uh, crop burning. It is a thing that's actually quite good for the soil and when they churn it back up, yeah. it kind of all the goodness goes back in and it helps the next year's crops grow. So as a result, there's a lot of kind of smoke that's just mm. coming through the air into the big cities. That's being mixed with the pollution that already exists in the big cities because I saw that nine out of ten of the most polluted cities in the world are in India. Man. So it is just crazy, crazy, uh, you know, pollution from automotive industries there. And then they've also got a celebration at this time of year where they do constant fireworks. Oh, my goodness. So mixed with the fireworks, basically nobody can see <laughs> beyond two metres ahead well, of them. At the I saw on the news today, mm. they were saying it is everyone who's kind of in this area is subjected to so much pollution. It is the same as smoking 33 cigarettes a day. That is horrifying. That must be so such an assault on the nose. Honestly, there needs to be some changes made there really quickly. I've seen that. They've basically decided to put some restrictions around private use vehicles. So they've done like on odd days, private cars with odd number plates can drive. And on even days, 
private cars with even number plates can drive. I mean, that just seems crazy. But still all the like mopeds and motorbikes and any like public transport and all that is going all the time. I mean, it just goes, I mean, public transport's good. Yeah, of course. If you, if you compare how many people you can get on a bus versus what that many people's vehicles looks like, mm. public transport is the way to go. Mm. Um, I think the prob- probably the problem is there just isn't enough of it. Exactly. The infrastructure isn't there yet. So, well, look, let's hope that's also out. That get, that's all a bit sad. So, um, let's move on to the next more positive uh, news item. Sure. Jeffree Star has sold one million pallets. <laughs> we spoke about this last week. He's the guy who partnered with Shane Dawson, two massive YouTubers. They put together a six hour long documentary, put it on YouTube, which ended up being a six hour long advert for their pallets. And it, Broke records, right? Well, it crashed Shopify. It crashed Shopify. Then they ended up selling out of the pallet, the conspiracy pallet, the yep. same day, or like midday oh, the same day. It, no, it was in like 25 minutes or something. No, no, it wasn't because Shopify crashed. Oh, I see. Right. So, yeah, it wasn't, it couldn't sell out that quickly because the website just simply wasn't working. Apparently, there was a bit of a shambles with like, the infrastructure not being there for that amount of audience. So like people weren't getting their receipts, emails and Mm. things like that. You know, it was a bit of a, yeah. I mean, the way Shopify works is on a a shared load balance sort of server. So they have instances of the Shopify kind of platform running in multiple places around the world. Mm. So hopefully if, you know, there's a bit of a spike in traffic because I don't know, a website has a sale. Mm. The, kind of the other servers cope with that load. But when you've got someone as big as, I mean, you basically had the audience size of about 40 million people. Wow. Pushing it out at the same time. I just don't think their load balances could cope. No. So that's what happened. But apparently they fixed it and the infrastructure is now better. Mm-hmm. And that benefits us because we're, we're working on the Shopify platform. So now that means when we launch or when we do anything big. And bring 40 million people to our store. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we won't crash Shopify. So that's the goal. This is all to preempt our comeback launch. Yeah. By the way, Slinky is full steam ahead. We've got some crazy stuff happening right now. I don't know if you saw Piers' stories. Do you want to men- talk about your your kind of pivot 180 that you did last week? I don't know if I can actually. Uh, honestly, I can't reveal anything yet. But we're pushing back our launch a couple of months. We were gonna. We were hoping to go live before Christmas, which I don't think is going to happen because we've mm. had some really fun ideas that we're going to try and implement now. So we're looking at a relaunch of about. End of January, yeah. February, and we'll be doing some events around it as well. So if you guys are local in Sydney and you want to, you know, come and meet us and stuff like that, stay tuned because we're going to do some big things. If this doesn't work, we're going to be the first YouTubers to vlog ourselves going into bankruptcy. Yes. So this perfect. could be a really fun time for everyone. <laughs> Either way, it's Make thrilling sure you to watch. <laughs> in other fantastic news, I wanted to give a little update on the hashtag Team Trees movement. Going great, isn't it? They are doing so incredibly well. As of today, I had a look. They have raised over $14 million, which is 14 million trees planted. Given that that is like... YouTubers and their fans. Yes. That is outrageous. It's incredible, isn't it? And honestly, it hasn't even been live for that long. So if you didn't uh, listen to the last episode, Team Trees is a movement put in place by Mr. Beast, who's a big YouTuber. He's probably one of the fastest growing YouTubers at the moment. And he basically, when he crossed 20 million subscribers, he said to his audience, hey, what shall I do to celebrate 20 mil? And pretty much the, the most retweeted thing was go plant 20 million trees. And I think it kind of started off as a joke but it just kept gaining more and more traction in, the, in, in Twitter. Yeah. And he decided to do it. So he's banded together a whole load of YouTubers and influencers and said, hey, let's all reach out to our audiences 
and try and make this happen. And right now, 14 million out of 20 million. And we've still got like a month and a half to go. Yeah, so they are definitely going to hit 20 million trees. If you guys are interested in donating or contributing, um, we will. can we leave a link in a description here somewhere? No, just type in hashtag team trees anywhere on the internet and it will pop up. Oh yeah, perfect. So basically what it is, is a dollar donation equals one tree planted. Yes. So it's brilliant. You can donate $10 or $100 or whatever you like really. And I think it's a, such an awesome initiative. It's actually amazing. It's a really, really good effort given it's just like a group of kids and their fans. Yeah. But I did a bit of research earlier today. Mm. And you know Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand? Yeah. She did this video, kind of a roundup video, talking about what she's achieved in the last year since being Prime Minister. Mm. And she's like a real kind of badass chick. She's doing very, very cool stuff. One of the things she's done, she's planted a hunt, well not her personally, but she's planted 140 million trees in New Zealand. Are you serious? In the last year. 140 million? Yeah. Now, that's not to belittle anything that's happening with the Team Trees movement right now. But, like, that's good news. Like, there is good stuff happening in the planet that we kind of – it kind of gets overlooked in mainstream media. But that's insane. Yeah, why does nobody really report about that? So, I have a theory that if the news is kind of bad, it keeps your population a little bit more in check. People are living in fear. You know, you're kind of less likely to have unruly Mm. citizens. But like something like Mr. Beast or something like what Jacinda Ardern's doing with good stuff, it kind of gets swept, swept under the carpet a bit more. Yeah, it's interesting, kind isn't it? Kind of annoying. Or do you think it's the people who just have this weird like sadistic interest in bad news? Like does bad news get clicked on more 100%, than good news? 100%. So why do people revel in that? People want to click on bad stuff to realise that their lives are better, which is a thing. Yeah, there's something odd about it, but it definitely, I've turned to like independent news sources. Yeah, and I think that's why YouTube's doing so well. And like news sources that give you different points of view rather than just one, you know, sort of political opinion. Well, if you watch um, Philip DeFranco. Yeah. He's pretty much the most unbiased person. And he asks for the opinion. And that's the difference with kind of a YouTube show versus a TV kind of that just shouts at you. Yeah. A YouTube show that it does it does create discussion. Well, it's a conversation on a YouTube channel. Absolutely. You know, it leaves it open for the people to kind of contribute and add on. Whereas just sitting there and like, you know, mindlessly watching the news that they feed us on TV... There's no conversation there. There's no feedback. There's no extra opinions or anything like that. It's just like reported in the tone of voice that that particular news outlet sort of takes. Leans, yeah, where the political leaning is. I think also the interest, the most interesting thing, if you watch the news on traditional TV, even if it's like a 45-minute news show, Mm. you'll realise they're only reporting on like six to eight things. So only six to eight things on the whole planet, on the global scale, Mm. kind of bubble to the top. Because one of the editors decides that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And then that becomes the news cycle. Well, do you know what resonated with the majority of the population this week? I do. (laughs) (laughs) I have never seen so much news about a celebrity coupling ever, like in history. It it went nuts today. Like everything that was trending was Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves and his new girlfriend, people are losing their minds over it. If you haven't seen this, please Google it. Essentially, Keanu Reeves, for the first time in decades, went to a red carpet event with his new girlfriend on his arm. And he hasn't really debuted a relationship in, I think, like 30 years or something. I hate 30. 
Oh yeah, he's not it's that old, is he? <laughs> it's Look, a long time. A long time. I mean, his last girlfriend and mother of his child died. Yes. Along with the child that was stillborn. So he's had a lot of trauma. And I think in previous interviews, he said he never wants to date or have a kid again because of the, the amount it put his brain through when... Has he said that? Yeah. So mm. he had a, his, his love of his life at the time was pregnant. They had a stillborn child at eight months. So like at that point, your brain is in, I'm going to be a dad mode. Yeah, she gave birth. Um, and then a year and a half later, she had a car crash. Yeah. And so she passed away. So like, that's a lot of trauma to deal with in a, in a two year window. Yeah, his and best friend also passed away. River Phoenix, who's Joaquin Phoenix's uh, older brother, I think. His dad left when he was three. Like he's had a lot of things that have gone on in his life that have made him quite, uh, for want of a better word, lovable. It's very unusual to see someone who's had that many tragedies his his sister also had leukemia for 10 years and things like that so he's you know at this height of his career as one of the biggest movie stars in the world Mm. and he's just had so many tragedies but he is actually like known to be one of the nicest kindest men he donates a lot like millions of dollars to cancer uh charities Mm. he's also incredibly kind to like fans and in real life he does really beautiful things to people well he takes the subway and stuff like that i know it sounds such a that's such a weird thing to say but movie stars don't take the subway normally yeah and so he is like he's got this cult following of people and he's just universally loved well you got to think he's been so he became kind of like my hero yeah when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. (laughs) I was really little and this movie called Bill and Ted came out Mm. about two surf dude rock star wannabes and they go time traveling. And it was amazing and it was iconic. Like they, it was so fun. Yeah. And then he's done things like The Matrix. Yep. Um, Oh, I can't think of any other movies he's done. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of any either, but he's done so many. John Wick. He's done John Wick. He's done Speed. He's been in like 90 films, like literally 90 plus productions. He's iconic. Yeah. He's done so much. It's been in Point Break. There's loads of films that everybody loves him in. So I think he's done so much work and it's always been great work. Mm. So everybody loves something he's done. He also has this running sort of joke about him that he's like an ancient vampire who never ages. Mm, mm. <laughs> you know? I've seen that. Like he just, he looks the same as when he was like 30 and now he's, you know, 50. Well, he, he's got a bit of grey in his beard now, but he does still look a bit like a vampire from the 1800s. That's right. So essentially what's just happened in the last week is he's debuted his new relationship. Now, what happened at first is everybody thought that this lady was Helen Mirren. <laughs> they were like over 20,000 comments oh, no. comparing Alexandra Grant, who is 46 years old, to Helen Mirren, who is in her 70s. Okay, but can I just say, Alexandra Grant, beautiful lady, mm. grey hair. Yes. That's all it is. She's just completely grey. And most people, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but most women, if their hair goes grey, they dye it. But I don't think it's about vanity. I think it's about societal expectations. It is very unusual, and this is why the internet got so excited about this. It is very unusual to see a 46-year-old lady, and she's quite striking, but she has visible wrinkles, and she hasn't dyed her hair. She's left it go grey. And she's pretty confident in herself and her you know, ability as an artist. She's yeah. an award-winning artist. She's oh, she's just a- owning 
a super it. awesome chick. And I don't think her identity is based around her appearance. Absolutely not. That's kind of the Hollywood thing, right? It's mm. so odd that this has become the biggest news of the week when actually – it should be quite normal that a 55-year-old man is dating, you know, someone. They're saying it's age appropriate. She's 46, so she's nine years younger than him. The thing I liked about it is it kind of, it spawned a whole new load of tweets that just said, Keanu is a good man. I know. You know it's like, it just like kind of further solidifies that he is like the internet's hero. The tweet that went viral is like, of course Keanu is dating an age appropriate woman. He is a good man. <laughs> um, now it is time for the segment... Talk to me in my ears. <laughs> Still loving that name. <laughs> I think it's going to catch on. I reckon other podcasters will copy that name. Talk to me in my ears. Yeah. I'm wearing headphones. If you talk to me, it's going straight in my ears. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, cool. So the first, I've lined up only three because these questions are quite long. And mm. I know that I've spoken to Pia and she wants to kind of dig deep into some of these. So yeah. rather than going for five questions this week, we're just going for three. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and wire this up. This first one is from Alexandria. What I would love to get your advice and expertise on is actually trying to navigate working and starting a business with your partner. You guys seem to be doing it really successfully as you're around each other 24-7 and still are together. So I would <laughs> love if you guys could actually do an episode or just talk a little bit um, about that. I think she had a pet parrot. <laughs> I could hear some squawking in the background. <laughs> Maybe. I think it was a great question though. Yeah. We get this kind of question a lot actually because it is, you know, it's a challenge to work with your partner, live yep. with your partner, be with each other 24-7. And mm. I think a lot of relationships are much more used to having a fair bit of space and not being so involved in each other like 24-7. Well, before we started working together mm. – I would leave the house at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Come home at around about six or seven from work. Mm. I would that just was... snooze all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You told me you were at university. <laughs> no, but like seriously, that's like 11 or 12 hours a day that we didn't see each other. Yeah. And then as soon as we started working together, that is a complete flip. And it's not just about working with your boyfriend or girlfriend. You try and spend 12 hours a day with your mate. 24 Any... hours a day. Sorry, 24 hours a day with... Anyone, yeah. any friend, your parents, your siblings, it, it unless you put some like definitive parameters into place, yep. you're going to be at each other's throats. But I have some tips. I really have some tips. And I love working with Kane. Like him and I work very well together. Do That's you? not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Hang on, let me just read the next bit of this paper. <laughs> I really love working with you too, Pia. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> so, okay, I do have some interesting tips. What I think has worked really well for us is that Kane and I have very opposing skills. So what I would recommend is if you are looking at working, like starting a business or something with your partner, mm. is sit down and have an honest conversation that identifies your individual skill sets. Yep. And it might even be writing down all of the responsibilities that will be involved in this business. So like things like, okay, who's going to do the accounting and yeah. the taxes and who's going for us, who's going to do the video editing, who, you know, and basically figure out whose skill set works best for which uh, responsibilities so that you can actually define the responsibilities and be accountable for those. Well, you've got to remember that just because you're working with your friend, partner, lover, husband, wife, whatever it may be, mm. 
you're still your end goal is still business, right? Yes. And you've got to approach it like you're like you would if you were in an office. Mm. If you are like from I was a graphic designer before before we did this, mm. and I worked with account managers. Mm. Never did my account manager who was handling the the job try and design anything. Exactly. And never did I say, you know what? Let me talk to the client. That's like it right. never in that we never crossed paths, and that's what kept the relationship really respectful. Mm. And we just trusted that each of the other party did their job to the best of their ability and that helped. That's right. And so for us, it works well. I think it would be much more difficult if I had also been a graphic designer. Oh, I would have hated that. Right? Yeah. So the fact that my background is a lot more, you know, based in admin, realistically, I do, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can call being a lawyer admin. Yeah. Like, Pia can do way smarter things than I can do. Yeah. But now I just She's make really sure. She's really good that- at things like uh, spelling. Spelling. <laughs> So essentially we have extremely opposing skill sets. Kane is the super creative. He's really great at all of that. And I trust him 100% in that. Mm. And then he, you know, he won't read a contract realistically. He's not going to set up our insurance. (laughs) Things like that are basically. I I don't. I, I steer clear of that stuff. I hate that. Yeah. So we have defined the roles that we are responsible for and that really helps us also the other thing we do which was really important and it kind of happened by accident when we first started working together mm. but we very early on put in a rule that we wouldn't work after dinner now for us that turned out to be around about seven thirty or 8 o'clock every night mm. and that became quite habitual for us and then we realized okay wow this is actually good for the relationship Eight o'clock rolls around. We make sure we shut the laptops. We turn our phones onto silent and actually enjoy enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, it's very easy for a romantic relationship to turn into a business only relationship. Yes. And then what are you doing? Like that's just ridiculous. So you got to remember to kind of like have clock on time yeah. where you're in work mode, mm. and then switch off time so that you still have fun together and yep. have a relationship. Because otherwise, all you talk about is work. And for a while there, we got so busy that sometimes we were working till midnight and like even longer. And then your relationship suffers because you're not remembering to have any fun together, you know, and you don't want to just turn into business partners. So set a time that you're just going to, even if you have to turn your phone on airplane mode and like just totally go non-digital, have a full little detox in the evening so that you can sit, have a cuddle, have a chat, Mm. you know, drink a glass of wine or whatnot and just enjoy each other's company. Now, the next thing is you also, when you're in work mode, treat each other like you would treat a co-worker. Oh, yeah, that's really key. Because a lot of the time, you know how families can fight? Like the closer you are, the ruder you can be to each other sometimes. Yeah, the stuff you'll like scream at your mother. Yeah. You would never say to a co-worker. That's right. But especially when you're in work mode and like, you know, you're sort of, you've got to maybe give your opinion or, you know, critique something in a constructive way. Try and word that in the way that you would interacting with a genuine co-worker that isn't your partner and that's in very, a respectful way yeah but that is really hard that's very hard because when you're in a relationship and you you're having an argument which you know i'm not going to sugarcoat it me and pia have had fights in the past obviously we don't vlog that or put that on social media because i don't like those sort of people on social media that irritates me mm. if you if you're in a relationship and you're bickering you cannot very often say something quite cutting as a like kind of a dig mm. to shut down the conversation. But you can't say that in the workplace because you get fired. Yeah. So you have to remember that's the way you need to behave. And honestly, if you apply that sort of principle to 
your relationship as well, it's going to go better, full stop. Yeah, and it's just about being respectful. And the next tip I have is... Oh, have you come with a list or what? Yeah, you, this is the first time you showed me the questions in advance, so I came prepared, baby. <laughs> oh, I came no. prepared, I thought about it. This is what happens when you date a lawyer. <laughs> so the next t- tip that I have is, it's not really a tip, it's just kind of a given, but pull your weight. Because I've seen couples who work together and I can tell that one person in the relationship feels like they're putting in all the effort and they're doing 90% of the work and the other person is kind of not bringing the same amount of value into this working relationship. But that's a problem with business partners regardless. If you work with your friends, you know, sometimes you're both not going to have the same amount of equal spare time to bring to this kind of project you're working on. And when it's a new project and you've got no profit yet because it's still like an idea in your brain – it really is all or nothing. Yeah. It can't be someone putting in 100% and then your, your partner putting in 20. Yeah, so pull your own weight. Make sure that you're you know, stepping up and bringing things to the table that are of value. For instance, if Kane does have like a vlog that he needs to get out and he's working for eight hours straight editing it and it is going to like eight, nine o'clock at night, I will not just sit there and like watch a TV show or relax or anything like that. I will always stay up with yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. And I'll always find something productive to do so that I'm simultaneously contributing while he is because I feel like otherwise you get this like little boiling resentment to the other person who looks like they're just kind of relaxing while you're you know working the entire time it is weird that you say that because now you've mentioned it I yeah you do do that if I'm (laughs) if I have to have a late night Pia will sit on the bed with her laptop and I'm like why is she still awake but I I thought maybe like you were spying on me but I guess you were just being nice (laughs) I think the other really key bit of advice as well, which people don't ever want to accept, is there are different types of relationships. Mm. And very, you know, really quite fortunately and completely by chance, Pierre and I work well together. Yeah. We don't argue that much. I would say once a month there's a bit of a bicker. Yeah. Which, given we spend 24 hours a day, to, uh, 24 hours a day together. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, we get along really well. But I also have very good friends that are couples who are absolutely in love. But if they worked together, it would be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And they know that. And so they don't work together. Some personalities just need a bit of space, right? And some people just like hanging out with each other a lot. And also some personalities work together on a recreational level, but not a work level. Mm. And the best way to kind of describe that is we've all got those friends that we love to go out drinking with. Mm but you'd never start a company with them. Yes. And that can also be a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. There are, I, I know couples like that. Yeah. So you've got to just look at yourself objectively and say, you know, am I a good egg for this situation? And is my partner a good egg for this situation? And if not, it, it's not a negative on your relationship. It's just a fact that maybe it won't work together. Yeah, exactly. Some you people know? can be great in a relationship, but just can't be business partners. Exactly. All right, next one is from Claire. Hey, guys. So I literally love this podcast I commented on one of Kane's posts the other day and I was just saying how it was really good and I was really enjoying it and he replied to me and I literally (laughs) had the biggest fangirl moment so that was really fun but I have a couple of questions the first one is um you guys have like the cutest relationship dynamic and you seem like you never fight but obviously like behind the scenes (laughs) you do but I just want to know how you guys sort of get past your disagreements and how you um, like sort things out with each other. And I have a little question for Pia. I just want to know if you didn't sort of like become an influencer, would you have fully sort of pursued 
your law career. But yeah, love the podcast. We've been together for a long time, so we have figured out how to argue and how to bring it back. <laughs> we have, right? And at the end of the day- Maybe you have. Pia's figured out how to win. <laughs> That's what, she, that's what she's saying. Right Do a law degree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, realistically, the way I view an argument is it's kind of this little eruption of emotion that actually, when you think about it, is an opportunity to learn a little bit more about how the other person feels. Well, you're basically just having a debate. That's right. And sometimes it can get really uh, just a bit too big and it becomes, you know. A masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting a little delusional about this. Essentially, what I think is that if you do have an argument, try to listen to the other person's point of view. And I try to never have a grudge. So I try to not hold on to it. We both communicate really well. So rather than saying things that are just fluff and that you can't take back and swearing at each other and stuff like that, actually express what is making you frustrated and get that point of view across. Then take a few minutes apart, you know, walk away for five, 10 minutes, just have a little breather and then come back. And I think it's very important to physically make an effort to apologize. Like actually say to each other, look, I'm sorry, I see your point of view and take that on board for the future. So the other part of the question was, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Honestly, I don't think I would be a practicing lawyer if I wasn't doing what I was doing right now. I think I would have found some sort of business that I really wanted to start. If it wasn't slinky, it would have been something else, but I love the thrill of that. And I think certain personalities just really want to give things like that a go, you know? Mm. Whilst I loved studying law, I found it really, uh, really interesting. I really loved it. But when I I started practicing it, I just didn't, that's not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. All right. There's one more here from Juliana. Hi, you guys. I've been watching you for a few years now and you guys actually inspired me to study abroad in Sydney where I'm at this semester. And um, I've been traveling a lot around the country and wanted to know what your guys' favorite place in Australia is and what other places are on your bucket list. Also, happy birthday, Pia. Oh, thank you so much. That is so cool that we encourage you to come to Australia. I always find that so crazy to hear. I've had that message a few times. Yeah. Like I think about three or four people in the last month have messaged me on YouTube. Yeah. saying we moved to Australia because of your vlog which is kind of crazy because I moved to Australia because I watched other YouTube videos it's like it's amazing how yeah. you get that real world perspective and then you make a decision well I hope you're enjoying it here I'm not sure how long you've been here for but if you haven't had a summer yet you're about to have a great time it's oh. about to get nice and hot and beachy it's hot right now so for bucket lists yeah where's your favourite place in Australia Noosa 100% yeah that is the I'm constantly trying to convince Pia to move to Noosa. Kane loves Noosa. I don't know why. It's just the best place on earth. Close, close second, Early Beach. Oh, yeah. Close, close third is your favourite. My favourite is Byron. Yeah. Without a doubt. Just the whole culture there. Byron Bay, it's like, it's beautiful beach, really cool culture, great cafes. And I don't know, as soon as I get there, I feel like I'm on holiday. You know, it's vastly different to Sydney, really. The the whole vibe of the place. But I think uh, Byron, Airlie and also... Noosa. All coastal. They're all coastal kind of traveller towns and that's why I like them. Yeah. But if I had to pick 
like a retirement, somewhere to retire, Noosa. Really? Yeah, Noosa or Early, but I think you're right. Byron Bay probably ticks more boxes for me because it's close to family. There's also a bit more going on. Yeah, and it's close to work. Like for right now, all our work is in Sydney, so it's an hour's mm. drive, hour's flight, sorry, from Byron. So I reckon Byron Bay probably gets it. Yeah. Um, in terms of bucket list though, also I do want to go see that bright pink um, lake. Oh yeah, where's that? I think it's in WA. And that's where we're going to end today's episode of Wine Time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you're subscribed and have hit that five-star rating on this episode. Every little bit helps, so we really appreciate that. If you fancy keeping up with our antics outside of this podcast, you can always follow us on Instagram. The links are in this description, or you can check out our YouTube channel where we post at least two videos a week. If you'd like to check out our website, which has heaps of posts, as well as all our photo and video presets, head over to caneandpeer.com. That's www.caneandpeer.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you the next one.